When I need to send cash fast, the Western Union app is my go-to. And now you can send up to $500 for a $5 fee worldwide. All you have to do is download the app, choose the pay in cash option, then come in and pay at a participating Western Union agent location. Download the Western Union app today. Welcome to BassCast Radio, bringing you the best in local and national news in bass fishing, as well as interviews with some of the best anglers from all over the U.S. With your host, Brian Carter and Bruce Callis. Radio. What's going on there, Brother Bruce? Alright, guys. Uh, not much, man. Just taking it easy after a long weekend of trying to fish. Yeah, the weather around here was not the greatest this past weekend in Central VA. It was actually pretty daggone rough, but hey, we are blessed and glad. Basscast had a great turnout. Twenty-six boats come out and fish the Basscast Tournament Trail on Smith Mountain Lake. And congratulations to Joey and Kevin Dawson on winning that. And uh, heck, we got Cat this coming weekend, this Sunday. And but uh, people made it out. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, like you said. Yeah, it was just a rough time. All the rain had and everything. I mean, it's been... I know the pond that I fished in uh, rose up even higher than what it did when it was already there. So I guess another foot in a week. So mm-hmm. a lot of rain. I don't remember the exact numbers that I saw the other day, but they showed the rainfall total for, like, Central VA and Lynchburg area, and I've never seen it that high. It's, we've gotten a lot of rain in 2018. Yeah, we're on pace to set the second highest rainfall in a year. Oh, wow. The first highest was back in the 1800s, so I didn't know they kept records back then. 
guess we know now. So, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a heck of a year, and they call for even they call for an even funner winter right here in Central Virginia. Weather already around the corner, and um, crossing our fingers. We'll see what happens. See what happens. Oh yes. Well, guys, tonight on Bass Cash Radio, we have our first ever father-son duo, Jeff and Travis Luger. I mean, and uh, these two guys have been tearing it up in 2018, and they just came back from the 2018 Bass Nation Championship. And uh, we had the opportunity to catch up with both of them. And uh, Jeff Fist is an angler, and uh, Travis Fist is a co-angler. And, you know, it was pretty cool to catch and get both sides of uh, their thoughts. Jeff finished 10th, and if I remember correctly, Travis finished 7th. So that's pretty awesome. Representing Virginia. So... Yeah. Well, before we get started, we always got to thank our sponsors. Without them, none of this is possible. We're excited about 2019. If you throw us out here quick, if you'd like to sponsor us, please DM me. Please email me. doesn't matter how you get it to me. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. Brian at thebasscast.com email. Either way, just let us know. We'd love to have you as a sponsor of the BassCast and BassCast Radio. Alright, new now. Don't forget about the 2019 Angler's Choice Open House. The Martinsville date is January 25th and 26th. The Spindale date is February the 1st and 2nd. And the Lexington date is February the 9th. So don't forget about those. We're going to have uh, Hank Parker, Keith Combs, Matt Harry, David Dell is going to be there, Rob Pearson, and Denny Brower. So you guys make sure you come on out for that event. Virginia Top 100, virginiatop100.com. Go check it out now. It is one of the premier tournament trails hitting Central Virginia in 2019. So please go support them. You need more information? Like I said, go to VATOP100.com. Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range. I've been sharing a bunch of their stuff on Instagram. All their deals. Christmas is right around the corner. Check them out right here. Lynchburg, Virginia. Conrad Brothers Marine. Hey, you know, Christmas time's coming, man. Buy yourself a boat. A pontoon, whatever. Get ready for 2019. They got nitro, guys. Hookfish Performance. I took a picture of my hoodie the other day. I haven't posted it yet, so I guess I need to get it up here on the internet. But it's me. Check out Hookfish Performance. Follow them on Instagram right now. If you want our logo, just email me for that too. We'd love to have you. If you'd love to support the BassCast. Please just message me, and uh, 
I'll send you our logo. Stanton River Outdoors, Alta Vista, Virginia, 434-608-2601. Looking to buy that special. They got guns, they got canoes, they got kayaks, fishing rods. They can fix your rods. Give them a call today. Bassboatforsale.com. Looking to buy a boat or sell a boat. Do it all on Bassboat, the number four, sale.com. Dick Sporting Guns gift cards. Um, if you go to the BassCast right now, tournament from the past weekend, we got our big fish lunker, current lunker winners right now. And each one of them, I think we did $125 in Dick Sporting Goods gift cards to each one of those. Small mouth and large mouth, that is. And Vertical Lures flip this. Check out all the awesome products from Vertical Lures. So, thank you, sponsors. Love to add you to this list for 2019. Just email us and message us today. All right, guys. Yes, indeed. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Travis Luger. Points. Cash. Gear. Sports. With a Dick Scorecard, you earn points on all your purchases and get 3% back in rewards and access to exclusive deals and events. It's simple. Points lead to cash to buy gear so you can play more sports. Get your Dick Scorecard and start earning reward certificates today. Every season starts at Dick's. We are back with Mr. Travis Luger, who just finished up Bass Nation Championship on Pickwick Lake. And uh, yeah, seventh, he had a seventh place finish, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, Brian. It was uh, it was definitely a blessing in disguise, that's for sure. Day one, brother, fifteen oh eight. Day two, thirteen. Well, to be honest, day two and three, you mirrored your dad's weights pretty much almost exactly. Thirteen oh eight, ten oh ten for day three. But um, we know you and your dad practice together. You know you both have a little bit of different style of fishing. So let's talk about practice. All right. Yeah, you know, practice first day it was definitely uh interesting learning the new body of water. Yep. Um Pickwick, like Dad said, the mass is like fifty fifty miles long. And uh you know, it, it it was fun, you know, learning the new body of water. It was tough, but at the end of the day, we did figure something out. I picked up a drop shot on Saturday and started catching little fish, you know, not many keepers, but we were catching some fish, and that was better than what we were doing before to begin with. So, uh, you know, that was Saturday. And then Sunday, we decided to try something a little bit different. Okay. And Dad was catching them on a big topwater bait. And uh, I do something on the Shenandoah River back home when the fish are schooling like that is I pick up a little three-inch swim bait on a light jig head and I start casting it to them that way. And uh, I tried that down there, and it, it, it worked actually to a T. It was perfect. And uh, we figured, you know, some more areas we could do that, that at. And 
that was Sunday. We just went through, found areas we could find schooling fish, and then checked some more stretches of trees for a drop shot. And it, it worked out really well. Uh, we both would have had limits on Sunday in practice. And then uh, Monday came around, and we decided to go check some grass on Monday. And we both looked at each other and said to each other, this is not our deal. So we, we came back up towards the boat ramp, and we went and fished more stretches of trees that we have not, you know, fished. And we also decided to check some more points and stuff that fish looked like they could become, you know, good staging spots for fish to school on. And we found some fish, but it, it was one of those things. And then Wednesday, official practice, we went out, we started on some schooling areas and see if we could uh, expand on those areas. And we found somewhere, uh, not just smallmouth were schooling, some more largemouth were schooling at some spots were schooling. And uh, that ended up being a really good spot for dad in the tournament. And uh, one of the spots that we did fish on Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesday, was a big bluff wall. And we didn't catch many fish on it because we fished it late in the day. I think dad had one smallmouth, about four pounds, he, he caught on it. And that was about it. You know, a few drum here or there, but, you know, those don't count. But most of the time, that the whole wall, we didn't really catch much. And in my mind, I knew that had potential. And if my boater didn't have anything going on, I knew Dad wasn't going to fish it. So I kept that in the back of my mind. Right. And that, that was kind of our practice. That's how it went. Found some fish here and there. And, you know, that, that's just how it went. So, co-angler, how did that go? Well, day one of the tournament, my boater looked at me. He said, I have nothing going on. He okay. said, do you have any ideas? And like I said, that one spot in practice, I kept in the back of my mind. And I was like, well, let's go try this one little stretch. We pulled up on that stretch first thing in the morning. It was about... 6.30, we got, you know, to this one point that I thought was going to be the best spot. And I, I happened to notice there was some dead shad floating down through that current. And uh, I asked the boater, I said, would you mind turning the boat around and facing into the current? He said, sure. And as soon as he turned the boat around, it was game on. I put 15-8 in the boat within a 30-minute stretch. And oh, my wow. boater caught 11 pounds right there as well. And I was throwing that little three-man minnow Z swim bait, or Z-man uh, three-inch minnow Z swim bait. Right. And uh, it, I saw it on an eight-ounce jig head, and it, it was a blast. When they'd hit it, they would. It, it wasn't even like you had a chance. They hit it, they started stripping drag. It was so much fun. And uh, so, you know, I put that in the boat in 30 minutes, and me and my boater got off of that spot because – he knew if I had another boater the next day that that was fish for me to have on day two, too. Right. Or if I didn't, that was fish for him to have on day two because me and him talked about it. And uh, that was pretty much our day one as a, you know, being the co-angler. I was happy, you know, and then figuring out I was leading the tournament by the end of the day was a dream come true. Yeah, it was pretty uh, awesome. I, you know, I can't say enough about the guy that I paired with. I, yeah, and the gentleman I paired with, he, he's from North Carolina. He was, he was 
an exceptional guy. He let me, he knew once I put the fifth one in the boat, I had a chance at something. And he let me kind of just do my thing. Once he got his fifth in his boat, he was happy and he just tried to help me upgrade. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't upgrade. I had a fairly big bag to begin with. So it, it was, it was definitely fun. It was a blessing in disguise, like I said. So going into day two, you were in the lead. You had another angler that was with you. Let's let's talk about day two. Did you go back to the same spot? Day two, I paired with a boy from Louisiana. Okay. Uh, no, we did not. We talked about it. We were going to start there. And uh, he told me... After finding out the boy that was leading the whole tournament with 22 pounds was fishing 50 yards from him day one, we were going to go down there, and that was in the grass. And uh, by 9.30, he had a five-pounder in the boat, and he caught a short fish, and he looked at me. He goes, you think your fish are going to still bite? And I told him, I think they started biting an hour ago. And he said, okay, well, let's go up there. And we went up there. We pulled up on that one spot. And within 10 minutes, I put four fish in the boat that weighed 13.8, and he put two more in the boat you know, on top of his five pounder. And, uh, I had a fifth fish I put in the boat. It measured when I put it in the boat. But, um, at the end of day two, me and three other guys sat there and measured that fish in the Harbor for about 30 minutes. And I ended up letting that fish go. Um, I'm not going to say it cost me the tournament because it was not a big fish. I, it, it would have been very close, but I had to make a decision. I didn't think I'd be fishing day three with a penalty, so I threw the fish back. Right. You know, and it's it was, I have no regrets on it. It was it was it was a situation that I any angler does not want to have to be put into, but it happens. And uh, the decision I made is the one I made, and that's how how it goes. So going into day three, what changed, man? What what you know? 10 pounds. Besides the weather, did some of the spots that you guys did have dry up? Um, no, see, the spot I had was a 15-yard stretch. It was I, I could make a cast from one end of the spot to the other. Okay. And the boat sat in one position. I did not move. I sat there day three pretty much all day. Um, 10 pounds, <laughs> I should have had a lot more. Right. Not because I lost many fish. I did. I lost my fifth keeper twice. Then uh, the first one was a five pounder, and the first fish I caught that morning. We'll just start off at that morning. I pulled up on my spot, third cast, put a four and a half pound smallie in the boat. Um, about two casts later, I stuck a giant smallmouth. It was every bit of five to six pounds, and when it come up, it bit directly below the boat. It came straight up jumped up almost into the boat and I tried to continue swinging it in the boat and uh, it fell back in the water. I fought the fish for about five more minutes and then it come up one more time and just threw the swim bait. I, there's, I should have, uh, instead of trying to swing that fish, I should have just stayed playing it and I possibly could put that fish in the boat. You know, we won't know, but it, it was a rookie mistake as I would call it because uh, I knew better than to try to swing that fish. Right. Um, and then a little bit later on the day, I put my other three keepers in the boat, and uh, 
I, I lost one two pound smallie later in the day. Just when I set the hook, come straight up there, walk through the swim bait. Nothing oh, I wow. could do about that one. Um, but that was it. I had seven keeper bites. I caught two or three short fish, and that was it. That was my day three. They, they just dried up a little bit, as you said. The bait kind of moved out of that area, okay. so the fish weren't. Uh, there wasn't as many fish in that area, so that that was day three. All right, so being a co-angler here, let's do some takeaways from Pickwick Lake. You know what? What looking hindsight's twenty twenty, what they always say, but looking back at the event now, what's some of the things that you learned, and uh, you know, better prepare you as an angler for your next event. Um, the biggest thing I learned was definitely being observant. Uh, if I, you know, if I didn't notice those dead bait fish just floating down that current seam right there, I, we would have never turned the boat around and never caught those fish probably. Right. Um, and then also observing the size of the bait fish, matching the hatch, that was the key. Yeah. Was throwing that little swim bait. The, they were eating threads thin that were like two and a half to three inches long, and that was the biggest thing that I had learned is definitely you know matching the hatch, and then uh. I have never been in a tournament where we're fighting big smallmouth like this. And another thing I've learned is when you're fighting a big smallmouth, you got to let them do them and just play them to the boat. You don't want to horse them. I horsed two fish this week that I lost that cost me a few pounds. And, uh, you know, you, you can't have that in a tournament this caliber. But, it, it, you know, lesson learned, rookie mistakes, for sure. Wow. So as a co-angler, you know, is this probably your biggest tournament you've ever fished? Uh, Yeah, Brian, this is probably the biggest tournament I've ever fished. It is the biggest tournament I ever fished. Um, And, you know, I... It it was definitely a dream come true, for sure. I, I never thought... And this many years that I would be already at the nationals and, you know, having a finish the way I did, it, it was definitely a blessing. Um, that's, uh, I, I'm still speechless on it. That's awesome. So some of the key tools that you used this past week. Uh, the key tools is definitely a Dobbins spinning rod. I, I've been throwing Dobbins rods for the past couple of years now. And, um, day one, when they were biting that swim bait, it wasn't like I was reeling it. I was actually letting it float through the current. And without the Dobbins rod, I would not have been able to feel them fish tick that line. And I was just setting the hook as soon as I felt a little thick. And that's how I was catching my fish. Um, you know, and then Z-Man baits, they they worked perfect. I could use one bait for 25 smallmouth, unlike other swim baits on the market out there. Uh, I was also throwing a D-Man jig head, eighth ounce, the hook on it. It was stout. When you're hooking them big smallmouth, those light wire hooks sometimes in that current and that big fish pulling against you, they'll straighten out on those big ones. So definitely that helped out a lot. And uh, gamma fishing line, I was around a lot of rocks. Right. That line held up. I caught some fish where I didn't think that line should even hold up. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe throw something to Pop sometimes so he wouldn't break off. 
That is awesome. <laughs> he was doing the same thing. I just think his fish were a little bit bigger. <laughs> I bet they were. I bet they were. Man, so the the Z-Man baits that you were using, what were some of the Z-Man plastics and, uh, that you were throwing? I threw a swim bait the whole tournament. Oh. I did not throw. I threw a spinner bait a little bit, but it was mainly a swim bait, and it was a, uh, the Z-Man Minnow Z okay. in a uh, shag color. All right. And that's all it was. That's all I threw pretty much all tournament. That's awesome. All right. Well, before you go, we always like to let you thank your sponsors. Because without them, you know, none of this would have been possible. So. All righty. Yeah, I would like to thank Hook Pal. The, they're great people. If you, uh, if you ever look into Hook Pal and see George walking around shops, he, he's a great guy to talk to him. He'll have a good conversation. He'll tell you great stories. Um, you know, and then I also want to give a shout-out to Jake's Bait and Tackle. Up in Winchester, great people. They supported me and Dad big time going down there to Pickwick. They were texting us, seeing how we did, you know, watching it on online and all that stuff. Um, great people. If you're ever in Winchester, go check them out. And then uh, that's that's all I have. Oh, and I'd like to thank the Bass Nation, Virginia Bass Nation. They they definitely supported us, helping us with travel costs and stuff. That they did excellent. And uh, I can't thank them enough. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them. All right, brother. Well, thank you for taking the time and coming on with us. You guys can check Mr. Travis Luger up at Lake Anna anytime up there fishing with the boys. So, All righty. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for talking to us. Have a wonderful afternoon. Mr. Jeff Luger, no stranger to the Bass Cast Radio, heading home from the Bass Nation 2018 Championship on Pickwick Lake. What's going on, brother? Hey, Brian, not too much of a drive, as you said. Uh, on my way home from Pickwick, about a 12-hour drive, and probably have about three, a little under three hours to go. Wow. That's a long, long trip. More than I want to drive, I can tell you that much. It, it is a long trip, but I tell you what, having a, at least a decent showing and, you know, representing the Virginia Bass Nation, uh, 
what I thought was representing them pretty well, makes the drive easier. It's definitely easier than if you go to a tournament and you don't catch them and don't figure them out because that, that makes the drive really long regardless how long that is because you're beating yourself up the whole time. Oh, yes. Guys, he finished 10th place overall. He had a day one total weight of 1206, a day two weight of 1307, and a final day three weight of 10.04 pounds. Let's talk about this thing. We weren't there. Weren't there to see it. Only thing we can really see is a weigh in. So, how'd this week start off for you? Well, the, the week started off pretty good. They, if you followed it on Bassmasters.com or or saw what they were doing, they did this tournament. They did the nationals format just like they do the classic. Um, everything that Bass was doing was trying to get the contenders ready for those that make the classic to to try and prepare for what the classic's going to be like. So we actually had days of practice. Actually, four days. I'm sorry, but they did three the weekend before. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we could be on Pickwick to practice from dawn to dark just like you could for a Bassmasters classic right um and then we had uh tuesday was check in had to turn our boats into the boat yard register meetings things like that and then wednesday was another practice day but they ran wednesday just like the term so they launched us by boat number and we had to be in at this set time uh you couldn't be late just you know normal tournament rules right. on wednesday's practice day so you know the very first day there saturday it was a little rough but did not catch that many keepers um just trying to get a feel for what the water conditions were like in various areas that i wanted to scout out um trying to better understand how to deal with that current i'd heard about the current at pickwick and read about it but until you see it firsthand it it is amazing how strong that water can pull when they're pushing you know water through the wilson dam which is at the head of pickwick and then they're dumping water out of the tail of pickwick at pickwick dam it it can, I'll tell you this, when my boat was drifting with no trolling motor power, just let the boat drift, it was drifting about two and a half to three miles an hour at times, which is how strong that current was flowing. So it was trying to get used to the current and, of course, trying to figure out how the fish were setting up in that current and seeing what there was to, to fish, you know, what's going on in November on Pickwick, basically, is what I was trying to right. to do. So Saturday was not, you know, the best of practice days. Uh, caught a couple keepers started to figure something out saturday afternoon um, my son travis was practicing with me uh he started to figure something out doing a little bit of different things when i was doing it. between the two of us we kind of started to get an idea that we could catch some current related fish against rocky structures uh if there were shad present and then we could also catch some fish around wood cover if uh, uh you had enough water on the wood and what i meant by that is you know he needed to have eight to eight feet or more of water on these down trees and, and bushes and things that were in the water and have to have a decent current break coming off that piece of wood and then typically there would be a fish there the the problem was not if he had a water sizes uh, any bass that you caught whether it was large mouth small mouth or spotted bass they all had to be a 15 inch minimum length limit so it was it was challenging at times to find that 15 inch length fish um, but with with Saturday figuring a few things out, we started to expand on it Sunday. Uh, we caught, we would have had a limit uh, on Sunday uh, in practice and had a right. good fish, had a smallmouth pushing six pounds, and um, had a couple other nice keepers in the three and four pound range. And then found a few areas that I thought were 
holding multiple seed, but Curry and Ketcher could sit there and beat it up. We would look at what it had to offer and then go on looking for new water. And then and Monday, it was more of the same. Uh, tried a few different things Monday. Went back into some areas we'd already been contacted more because by Monday, I kind of decided I was going to fish the upper end of Pickwick probably uh, seven or eight miles from the ramp back up to the dam was the area I was going to focus on because Pickwick's over 50 miles long. It's it's way too much water to try and fish and learn in right. three days, so I had to kind of pick an area I was going to concentrate on that I felt would let me maximize my fishing time and give me an opportunity to try and do well. So I made you... So we got to Wednesday's practice day, and... Uh, Go ahead, Brian. So what made you go to that location? I mean, what was some of the, you know, some of the characteristics that you were seeing that said, this is where I want to fish? Well, with with Pickwick, the way it was setting up this year, the, the grass was not as prevalent as it had been in years past from everything I read on the Internet. There was only a few areas of the lake that were holding you know, the large grass beds that, that Pickwick's starting to become known right. for. So there was grass in some of those areas I was looking at, so that was one of the things. But the, the other thing, probably the biggest factor is if Pickwick's known for the tail race fishing, what uh, the, below the land there's a, a couple-mile stretch that is known for holding really big smallmouth and largemouth, especially in the colder months, in the early spring or in the, the late fall into wintertime. So I wanted to spend some time in that area to see if I could figure out, you know, if the fish were there and if they were, you know, how I could catch those fish. Uh, unfortunately, never got the tail race deal going on. It was a lot of boats up there looking around and practicing, and the current on the weekend wasn't as strong as we ended up having during the tournament. So the bite never really picked up in the tail race until tournament time. But by then, I hadn't figured them out up there, so I didn't want to waste my tournament time up there you know, trying okay. to figure out how to catch them when I had some other areas I thought I could catch them. The other aspects of that end of the lake was there was a lot of bluff walls, a lot of uh, rock slides coming off the walls, and then there was, you know, some islands with uh, with different flats and different gravel bars and then a lot of down trees and timber and stumps and cypress trees that offered a lot of targets to fish and a lot of current breaks to fish um, and were relatively close. So I could, you know, within a 10-minute run, I could be, you know, what I thought was in fishable water and be able to maximize my fishing time versus spending, you know, some of the guys are making an hour or longer run to get oh, to wow. the other end of the lake to fish their spot. Okay. So going into day three practice. So the, the last day of practice on Wednesday, you know, I kind of had a game plan together. I had found some topwater fish. I had found some uh, fish that were schooling on shad on some gravel bars. And I had uh, the wood pattern going on that I felt like I could catch some bigger fish that were feeding on the shad. And then if I needed to fill out a limit, I felt like I could go to trees to, to you know, get some keeper fish. And they, they could be anywhere from two to, you know, I caught one as big as probably five and a half pounds on the trees. So I felt like, you know, I had a two-prong approach to, to try and put together a limit. And if I got the right bites, I could have 17, 18 pounds. Um, and if it was a... A slower day, I still felt like I could have, you know, around that 13-pound range. So I thought I had a decent pattern going together. The, and, you know, basically that was my game plan. I was going to run some schooling fish spots in the morning, um, whether it be throwing a topwater, whether it be throwing a, a swim bait, 
um, or, you know, a chatterbait type bait on the, the bluff walls, that type of stuff. And then after picking up some fish that way, I felt like I could go to the trees to, to finish out the limit. So that was the game plan I went in to do the first tournament day. Right. So let everybody know this was your first trip to Pickwick Lake. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, I'd never been to Pickwick before other than doing research on the Internet and before our off-limits because we did have a month off-limits period. Uh, before the off-limits, uh, I actually talked to one of the Virginia Bass Nation anglers, Kevin Young. Uh, he had been to Pickwick before. You know, he gave me some pointers on some things to look for, some some areas that he had caught fish in the past. And then, uh, you know, between that and, you know, Travis and I spending four days on the water, uh, was able to put together what we put together. All right, so going into day one, 12.06 is what you brought in, day number one. How did it all shape up? Yeah, day one was a frustrating. Yeah, day one was a little bit frustrating because the game plan I had actually worked pretty good. I just didn't execute well. I, I went first spot, which was a spot where they were going on some shit in the morning, and, and, uh, about the third cast in, I caught a three-and-a-half-pound largemouth. Uh, my partner that was with me, my non-boater, caught a, a keeper spotted bass, and then that, that bite kind of faded, so we led into probably my primary area, which was a long point at the head of an island and had a lot of gravel bars and water holes in it. And I caught a smallmouth over four pounds, and then uh, I jumped off another smallmouth about three-and-a-half pounds and hooked up on a big one and got me into a rock and broke me off, so... I had I had the bites that morning to have a really good bag, but unfortunately I only landed one of three bites I had on that spot. Uh, so then I I started running some trees and and managed to to get you know two more keepers on the trees, but uh, I never did get that fifth fish. So I weighed in the fourth fish for twelve six the first day. Thirteen oh seven, a lot better day number two. Yeah, day number two, I was able to get my five fish. Um, didn't didn't have any real execution problems on day two. I just never really got the big bite. I, I started on that same schooling area in the morning as I did on day one. I managed to catch a, a keeper there fairly quick in the morning. Uh, went to primary area that I felt like was, you know, had the biggest fish on it. Uh, was not able to get going there. Uh, made several passes, several attempts and couldn't ever catch anything there. So then I, I left and ran some other islands and other, uh, you know, basically current areas that were holding fish. And it was a hunt and fact type deal. It, it took me most of the day, but uh, probably by noon I had three, you know, decent keepers in the in the box. And then uh, when a little bit of sunshine started coming out the second day, uh, I went to the trees and, and managed to get uh, two more keepers off the trees and, and got my limited fish for 13.7 for the day. But it was uh it wasn't easy by any means um but it was it was a tougher day overall based on the other contestants and the weights that were coming in and because right. i improved my bag i was able to move up to 11th place overall and i didn't make the top 10 that day but however they do uh bass is taking the top top contenders out of each region already in the top 10 so i was sitting in 11th but i was leading the eastern region so i i made it to fish the third day Right. So, things changed day number three. 
What ended up changing? Yes, day day. Well, day three, the biggest change was the weather. Um, right. We had on the first two days, the the highs were in the mid fifties to sixties, and the lows at night were in the upper forties. Well, coming into day three, it got down to twenty eight degrees. When we launched Saturday morning, it was twenty eight degrees. So it was a much cooler morning, a much colder night the night before. Um, I think it, it put the fish off. We also had some north and northeast winds that we were contending with that, that made it, between the current and the wind, made it hard at times to position the boat the way you needed to to, to fish specific spots. Um, but between the, I think the biggest thing was the cold, just the cold and three days right. of, uh, you know, pressure on the fish, you know, made the fish start to tighten up. And I knew going into day three, you know, in this tournament, yeah, a top 10 is, is respectable. It's a good finish, but the, the real spot that you were looking for was one of those top three spots to make the classic. And I felt like the only way I was going to do that was to catch 18 to 20 pounds. So I, I dedicated probably half my day to that primary area that I had found that had the bigger fish in it. Uh, I got there in the morning and first pass down through there. I, I caught a good smallmouth, probably three and a half, four pounds, um, made another pass. I hooked a big fish and lost it. It actually, open up the hook on the lure I was throwing. Um, I made a third pass and hooked and lost another fish and then probably made three or four more passes through that area and, and couldn't get bid. And I tried to hold on some spots in the current and cast to them and, and do a bunch of, you know, different things to try and get them to bite. And by 11 o'clock, I had one fish in the boat and they wouldn't bite. So I said, you know, okay, let's try and salvage a limit, get some more fish in the boat. And so I went to the trees and, and running trees, and I managed to catch a, a decent largemouth, probably pushing four pounds, and then caught another smallmouth, you know, to give me my three keepers for the day. Unfortunately, that was the 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 bites. I had five keeper bites that day, and I voted three of them, and, wow. and that was just the way it went. But uh, I did end up moving up because it was a, a tougher day. I moved from 11th into 10th and finished 10th overall in the tournament. And, uh, you know, looking back, if I voted some key fish, I – I would have been a threat for probably that second or third place spot, but I didn't catch them. And, you know, that's the way fishing goes sometimes. You've got to boat them to, to have a chance. And unfortunately, wasn't anything wrong with the baits I was throwing or anything like that. It just, you know, I was fishing for big smallmouth, and they're yes. notorious for being hard to get in the boat. Looking back at the event now, I know you really haven't had a lot of time to think about it, you know, beside, you know, being a rough day. Day number one, not putting, you know, putting the fish in the live well like you need it, breaking off. What's some of the takeaways from Pickwick Lake from day number, from the whole event, to be honest, that you learned? Well, one of one of the things that, one of the biggest takeaways I came away with is, is the, uh, the amount that that current can change and how it influences the fish position. I had fished through some areas in practice that my gut, my instincts, my experience told me were good areas. There should be fish there, but I didn't get the bites. And looking back in practice, the current was half of what it was during the tournament. So in practice, some of the areas I thought were good areas that I kind of wrote off ended up being good areas in the tournament where other guys did catch them and caught them very similar ways to how I had fished them. But the current in practice had the fish position different, so I missed them. And then during the tournament, when the current got stronger, it put the fish tighter to the bluffs and, 
in a more catchable position, I guess is the best way to say it. So right. one of the biggest takeaways I walked away with is, you know, if you're, if your instincts tell you and your gut tells you that there should, should be fish there, you probably need to revisit those spots, you know, at different times of the day. Because I did find out a couple of areas that I missed was a morning bite was going on pretty good. But after 9 or 10 o'clock, the fish didn't bite. And that was happened to be when I practiced in those areas was in the afternoon. You know, had I looked there in the morning and realized there was fish there, it, it might have let me, you know, pick up a few more fish by hitting those areas when the bite was happening. Um, so that was definitely a big takeaway. The the other thing was just, uh, you know, better managing my trolling motor power in that strong current because the best way to catch them was going into the current and then throwing your bait up current, presenting your bait, you know, coming down in the natural flow of the current. But in doing that, you were really working your trolling motor. And some of the spots I fished, I, I was staying on them so long that – by the time I decided to move around, it, it was hard to hold on other spots because I was wearing the batteries down on the boat so bad. And there wasn't anything wrong. The batteries are good. The trolling motor's great. But it, when you're fishing in a three-mile-an-hour current running your trolling motor at 75% for hours on end, it just it drains your batteries. Yep. All right. So the question we all want to know, man, some of the tools that you used this week on Pick Week Luck Lake. Uh, I had a, a basically a top-to-bottom approach, which I like to take in a lot of tournaments. I, I had found some fish on top, and, and the ones you didn't get a lot of bites on top, but when you did, it was it was a good quality fish. Um, you know, a six-pound smallmouth, four-and-a-half-pound spot, and some other three- and four-pound largemouth were coming on a walking-style bait. Uh, it was an I'm a little stick. Uh, it's a pencil popper. Um, I was throwing that around, you know, and, and getting some key bites, at least in practice. Now, that didn't work out in the tournament, um, but it did help me find some areas where fish were holding, and then I just had to catch them on some other ways. My primary bait was actually a Z-Man Minnow Z. It's a, a three-inch boot tail style swim bait. I was throwing the blue glimmer pearl and the bad shad colors and actually throwing it on a very light eight-ounce uh, Z-Man trout eye leadhead. It's a an eighth ounce lead head with a good size hook in it and and has very oversized eyes on the head that that make it look more realistic but you would throw that little swim bait up into the current and then you would just try and bring it back with the speed of the current you know near the seams or the current breaks that you were fishing uh that's how i was catching the small mouth on on those gravel bars and the washout holes and those different current areas and then uh, around the wood, I was throwing a, a Z-Man uh, jackhammer chatterbait, or I was actually drop shotting. Because a lot of guys I noticed in practice, a lot of guys that fished the wood were trying to throw big jigs, big spinner baits, or you know, a, a Texas rig, some type of plastic with a big weight on it because the current was so strong. Right. But they weren't getting the bites, so a lot of guys didn't feel like the fish were on the wood. But I found, um, actually, Travis helped me figure this out because I was trying to shake it some other things. But if you took a drop shot with about a quarter-ounce weight, and I was drop shotting the 7-inch Z-Man finesse worm, um, basically you would pitch that drop shot up into the current areas behind the wood and let it fall to the bottom and then just kind of slowly bring it with the current. Or you'd get above the wood and throw your drop shot above it and let it kind of wash under the wood. You couldn't let it go too far, obviously, because if you got bit, you'd have a hard time getting the fish out. But you'd let it wash into the wood and, and kind of shake the drop shot, and, and uh, uh, that was an effective way to catch those pressure fish. So 
uh, you know, just a couple main baits there. The swim bait on the open water in the current areas, the, the chatter bait and the drop shot around the wood was what, what got the fish in the boat for me and got me the 10th place finish. Well, brother, man, congratulations on an awesome showing for Virginia. Appreciate all you do for bass fishing. Definitely, we always thank you for coming on and talking with us after as many events as we can try to get you on. So it's been a crazy 2018, but it's been an awesome 2018 too. So well, I appreciate that, Brian. I always enjoy uh, coming on and, and talking, and I like to, you know, I like to share whenever I can. Uh, I didn't invent any of the stuff I do bass fishing. I've learned it from others and through trial and error and, you know, experience at these tournaments. So I know, you know, it, uh, it's always helpful to learn things from others. So I try and do what I can to pass it on as well. Well, brother, before you go, man, any sponsors out there you'd like to thank that made this whole past week happen? Well, absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity to do that. Uh, first off, Virginia Bass Nation, you know, if it wasn't, uh, for the Bass Nation, I wouldn't have gotten to go to the Nationals and, and you know, get the opportunity to try and make the Classic. Uh, Triton and Mercury, you know, I've been running Triton and Mercury products for years now, and, you know, I've always had great success with them, and they, they get me to and from where I need to be and help me do what I'm trying to do out on the water. And then Dobbins Rods, Gamma Line, uh, Z-Man products, uh, Z-Man fishing products. It, I was using all Z-Man baits in that tournament, and Although I didn't win, it they got me to, to where I finished, and it, it definitely helped. Right. Um, power poles, at, at times in that current, I, I would put my power poles down and hold on a tree, so it was a big you know advantage to have those. And the Lancer Electronics, because Pickwick Lake is not an easy lake to run in places without good navigational charts. You know, it's it's hard to get around that place, so it uh, that definitely was an asset as well. Brother, thanks for coming on, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Brian, I appreciate it. One other thing I do want to mention, I, I neglected to, is I do want to give a shout-out to Angler's Choice as well. Uh, I did have some problems uh, with a prop uh, at the Douglas Lake Tournament, so Angler's got me taken care of right away. Oh, cool. so I was able to get to Nationals and not have any issues there, and also... Coming on new with me is uh, Jake's Bait and Tackle in Winchester. I know a lot of people do most of their tackle shopping at mail-order type places, but it's still nice to go into a bait shop and be able to pick up lures and ask guys about lures. And Jake's Bait and Tackle has a great selection, and they carry all the best Seaman products and other products out there, so you can see them, touch them, feel them, and ask guys how to use them. And I want to thank Jake's Bait and Tackle as well. Awesome. Points, cash, gear, sports. With a Dick Scorecard, you earn points on all your purchases and get 3% back in rewards and access to exclusive deals and events. It's simple. Points lead to cash to buy gear so you can play more sports. Get your Dick Scorecard and start earning reward certificates today. Every season starts at Dick's. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Um, it, we, uh, you know, want to thank Jeff and Travis. Like I said earlier, that is our first ever father son duo, so that's pretty freaking cool. Oh, yes, indeed. So, 
Guys, me and Bruce are talking. Working on 2019. We're really, really excited. Um, I'm going to try to knock out the BassCast tournament schedule for 2019 in the next day or two, which I'll have up on the website. That way I can pass it out at our 24th, which is our regular last season tournament trail event before the Classic. Um, We're going to do a Facebook Live video in the next day or two talking about the tournament trail. Hopefully have the schedule done. Maybe. But we need to talk about who's in, who's out, who needs to fish the 24th to qualify for our Classic. So, please tune in, please tune in. Oh, yes. We'll be here shortly. Oh, yeah. Um, we're already getting schedules in. We've um, I'm posting cat schedules, uh, the English Choice schedules in, the Federation schedules on. Um, I haven't seen the Region 2 schedule yet. Uh, what else? Anybody out there? Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. You got a tournament trail? You want it on the basscast.com. Contact me. Email it to me. Brian at the basscast.com. And we'll put it up on the website. So message us. Get it up there. We'll get it out and we'll share it. Alright, guys. Oh, well, definitely we will. Before we go. I thank our sponsors one more time. Angler's Choice Open House 2019, January 25th and 26th of Martinsville. February the 1st and 2nd at Spindale and January the 9th at Lexington. Um, Bruce also let me know March the 2nd through the 3rd is the 2019 Augusta County Fishing Expo. Go on their Facebook page, follow them, get more information there. So, check that out as well. Got the Richmond Fishing Expo coming up. I haven't spoken to anyone yet, but maybe we might have something special to give away the first of the year. Virginia Top 100. VirginiaTop100.com Check out the Premier Tournament Trail for next year. Go to VirginiaTop100.com again. Get more information. Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range. You know, a little bit of practice never hurts. Come on in. He's got a machine. As far as I know, it's working. But it's kind of like Duck Hunt 2020. I mean, it's like top of the hip. Help you with your accuracy. You name it. It's pretty freaking cool. So head on over to Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range and check them out. Conrad Brothers Marine. Looking to buy a brand new Nitro, for Christmas that is, bass boat, pontoon, check out Conrad Brothers Marine, Hookfish Performance, check out the jersey I just put up on Instagram, that's my hoodie I guess for uh, this year, check it out, I posted the picture on my BassCast Instagram stories, follow us there, Stanton River Outdoors, 434-608-7000. 434-608-2601. Guns, fishing equipment, kayaks, all make great Christmas gifts. 
check them out. Hey, I, I mean, it's never too early to start talking about Christmas. Everybody else is. BassBoatForSale.com. Looking to buy a boat or sell a boat. Do it all. BassBoat. The number four sale.com. Dick Sporting Goods, our long curve challenge, giveaway sponsor, and Vertical Lures. Flip this. So, check all them out. Special thanks to them. So, yeah. Thank you for sponsoring Bass Cash Radio. Hey, it's only six weeks till Christmas. I know, that's kind of crazy. I want to think about that. Don't try to think about it, but yeah. Thanksgiving is a week of... If the bass boat for sale, you get me. Oh, yeah. Hey, Bruce, tell everybody your Instagram page and where they can find you, brother. Well, you can find me at Bass Fishing NMVA, and, uh, or you can follow me along at Snooky and Brucey Fishing on Instagram, um, you get some good content there. A good laugh, too. And, uh, of course, I'm on Twitter, at BassFishing, NNVA also. So, and you, you know, you can message me there, post up questions for the show, anything you want. Bass and Brian 73 is where I can be found on Instagram. Just give me a shout there. My Facebook page is almost full, Brian Carter. You can try to follow me there, but it's about full. I haven't started my own page for Facebook. I really don't know if I'm going to, to be honest, but thank you for everyone who does follow my life. But uh, thank you, everybody. Oh, definitely. All right, guys. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Please make sure you go follow us on the Spreaker Network. That's where you can listen to the show live if you don't listen live. Follow us on our YouTube. Not our YouTube, but our iTunes channel as well. And uh, you can download the podcast right there the day after the show airs. So thank you, everybody. And um, again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we'll be talking to you after Thanksgiving. And remember, do yourself a favor, take a kid fishing. Make a memory to last a lifetime. There you go. And as always, you know, make sure you always have that life jacket on. I don't care what you're in, a canoe, kayak, uh, inner tube, I don't care what it is. Always have your life jacket on. Have a great day every week. Especially now with hypothermia being a big oh yes big issue. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Basscast Radio, the best in local and national bass fishing. For more episodes, go to Spreaker.com slash BassCastRadio or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BassCastRadio and follow us on Twitter at BassCastNews.
taking pages from a magazine Been looking for the answers Ever since we were 17 You know the truth can be a weapon To fight this world of ill intentions A new answer to the same question How many times will you learn the same lesson?